This is The Jerry Callahan Show. All right, good morning. We have a plethora of things to get into today. We have a very special guest. It won't be Turtle Boy, but it may be Lobster Boy joining us shortly to go over that absolute uh, bomb that he dropped yesterday, so I can't wait to get into that. But first... Hey, it's Tony Marino, host of the wildly popular Newsmax Daily podcast, available for free along with Jerry Callahan, Rob Carson, and other great podcasts at Newsmax.com slash listen or wherever you get podcasts. I have a statement from Jerry that he wanted me to share to bring you all up to date on his health condition, and it reads like this. First of all, I appreciate all the good wishes. I feel fine. I just don't sound so great. I'm dealing with voice issues and undergoing treatment at Mass Eye and Ear Institute, the best place in the world for problems like mine. I need a series of injections designed to strengthen and beef up the vocal cords. I've already had a couple of shots, and I'm going to need two or three more. Sadly, my dream of appearing on The Voice may never come true, but my doctor assures me I will be able to do my podcast again within a few weeks. Believe me, it's killing me to sit on the sidelines while the world has gone completely insane, but I'm sure there will be plenty to talk about when I return. Thank you again. Talk to you soon, Jerry Callahan. So we are all wishing Jerry the very best and a speedy recovery, and although he will never have a voice like mine, he is a pretty funny guy, so everything balances out. So in the meantime, please check out and subscribe to the Newsmax Daily Podcast with Tony Marino. I run down all the day's big stories and some others that other people aren't covering. With the help of your favorite Newsmax hosts, some in-depth coverage, some yucks, some sports, check it out, the Newsmax Daily podcast at newsmax.com slash listen let's circle back to something that we touched on a few days ago uh crowder who i can't stand personally but great job by him for not stand him he's the worst that one that one video he had like last year where he's like trying to become like real personal he came off like such a douche i think you could say that uh on here but let's watch him going over how uh the they're going after his whistleblower or who they think is whistleblower they put seven people on leave and they messed up. Hey, MNPD, go, go, try, try, try again. Life sucks, get a helmet there you go <laughs> so let me just reiterate this because there's been a lot of false reporting on the nashville manifesto um just to be clear no one was paid for that story our source has been protected we will protect them we will be willing to go to jail for our, our sources source is not one of the seven that were put on administrative. not one of the seven put on administrative leave despite what questionable journalists have tried to tell you uh and a big by, by the way just so you know a big goal of that is to intimidate whistleblowers into silence our right, whistleblower exactly. is as safe as in their mother's arms you can send in your tip to LWC tips at protonmail.com. We will protect it. And it actually is a testament to how great of a job the undercover unit has done. He definitely touches on why they're doing what they're doing. They're definitely, first off, they don't have a single clue who the actual whistleblower is. So they're probably rather up people who have, you know, put pro Trump stuff on their Facebook eight years ago. Just any little thing that they can pull up, they'll pull you in and, you know, try to get you to crack. But the biggest thing is, that uh, any whistleblower, if you're thinking about coming forward, look at this, remember this, it's not worth it. That's what they want you to think. Exactly. They're trying to intimidate people to make sure people don't talk to the media. This just tells you what a problem they have internally, that people are not on board. 
with what they've done here, hiding the manifesto, that they have people in their department who, and the Nashville police, by the way, were fantastic during that whole um, church shooting. They were there so fast. They released the videos so fast. They were right on. I'm sure the decision's not coming from those people on the ground. And it shows you that it's not because they have found seven people so far that they think aren't fully loyal to the decision to keep yeah. the manifesto under wraps. And they still haven't found the person who it actually was. So, or, that tells or you they right may there. have, or they may have. They're they're covering for him. Uh, either way, they're all, they're all they're all scum, as uh, Jerry would say, absolute scum. Trying to cover this up shows you where their true agenda is at. But we have our special guest, is very punctual, right on time. It is Lops the Boy. See if we can bring him in. Good morning, Steve. How's it going? It's going all right. How are you guys? Good, good, absolutely great story that you dropped yesterday. I didn't know where you were going a few nights ago when you said you have a big story dropping. I did not see it going the way of uh, Chinese nationals uh, launder money with uh, marijuana, but hey, you never know nowadays. So what was the first thing that uh, you either saw or what, what thoughts did you have that led you to uh, this, this huge piece? Well, in August, the Daily Caller News Foundation reported uh, based on a memo that was leaked from Customs and Border Protection that there were between 270 and 300 uh, locations in Maine where the, the Chinese foreign nationals were growing marijuana illegally, uh, selling that marijuana in Maine and in uh, uh, other states, New York primarily, and using the proceeds of that to finance a broader criminal conspiracy involving human trafficking, narcotics trafficking, and also funneling that money back to the People's Republic of China to finance, you know, God knows what the Communist Party is doing. Uh, That memo did not include the locations of these places, uh, but being a longtime Mainer, I figured I can go find them. Uh, So I (laughs) put my nose to the trail and uh, went out into rural Maine and identified uh, over a hundred of these places, uh, visited them, knocked on their doors, tried to get interviews with the people who lived there, which turned out to be impossible because none of them spoke English. Um, it, very obviously, they're all marijuana growing locations. Um, you don't need to be a scent hound to pick up on that. Uh, none of them are licensed, they're not regulated, they're not following the rules. Uh, So what I think we've uh, uncovered here is a vast criminal conspiracy operated by America's number one geopolitical foe set up in our backyards. And a big part of the story is that law enforcement just doesn't seem to have the, the capacity, the will, the authority to actually do anything about this. Um, all of the local cops, the, the sheriffs, the federal law enforcement, state law enforcement that I talked with, they all know that this is happening. You know, this isn't, <laughs> this, this isn't like yeah. uh, some big secret. They know it's happening. Um, but for some reason, these operations are allowed to continue to operate with impunity. So that's what surprises me. Like you can do a lot of things you can, you know, with the government will kind of turn a blind eye to it. Once you start taking money out of their pocket or they're not getting a cut of it, that's when they usually get involved. So the fact that they're allowing this to happen, and now weed is legal throughout a lot of these states uh, where the government's getting their their portion, I think overall it's gone pretty pretty well so far. The fact that they're just letting this happen uh, is surprising me. Then the fact that the people who are actually growing it and benefiting it from us, like you said, are our biggest uh, enemy. So that was um, very, very surprising to see. And I got news for you. I'm sure some of those people didn't speak English. 
there's a lot of people that you spoke to that just absolutely fooled you. I bet you if they wanted to speak to you, they would have. Uh, sure. Probably, uh, but in in most of the uh, on most of these occasions, they called someone in Brooklyn to help translate. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they would have gone through that rigmarole uh, if they actually could could speak English. They probably could have told me to bleep off uh, by themselves. Um, but what needs to be investigated from here is why isn't law enforcement looking into these? Why is why hasn't there been enforcement action taken against them? Uh, the right. Department of Homeland Security estimates that this network is uh, generating between four and five billion dollars. Just that's just in Maine. There are 800 of these sites nationwide. Uh, this happens in Washington State. This happens in Oklahoma. Uh, any state where they have legalized adult use recreational marijuana, uh, or to a lesser extent, medicinal marijuana, the this uh, network seems to understand that there's going to be lax law enforcement. That they're not going to get uh, uh, trouble from locals. They're not going to get trouble from from local cops, uh, and th- and they know that they can come in here and set up and grow a ton of pot. And I know there's uh, plenty of people that I've talked with who have said, well, you know, what the hell does it matter? It's just pot. You know, we legalized it. You know, people smoke pot. Uh, Montante, you might be high right now. But the, the <laughs> issue is yourself. that <laughs> the <laughs> issue is that uh, we have a huge housing crisis in the state of Maine right now. In Portland, in Bangor, in Sanford, in Lewiston, there are homeless Mainers living in tents. It's snowing outside right now. You know, there are homeless Mainers living in tents. We have uh, between 5,000 and 10,000 asylum seekers that liberals in this state have welcomed here and they're living in hotels. So we have a, 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 just a housing catastrophe and we have 300 units of housing that instead of um, being a home for a middle-class family that is living and working in Maine and following the laws and contributing to society, instead of that, they're hosting an illegal criminal conspiracy. A, a drug production operation operated by a foreign power. Right. And I think, you know, that's what was so striking to me reading this story and looking through the photos. And I mean, like, I'm, I can't believe you're even alive after going to all these sites because this is so clearly like a, a huge organized criminal operation. This is not like, you know, your buddy who's growing a few plants in his garage or something. This is, and, and it's so obvious. So it's incredible that law enforcement isn't doing anything about it. That's like, what's mind boggling. But yeah, I had the same thought, you know, looking through this is, you know, this is not what people think of when they think of legal weed. And actually you quote in the story, a ton of legal growers, dispensaries, people who are upset that this is happening because it's undercutting their business with lower quality product that's not regulated and not really part of the industry. Not to mention these grow houses are like a blight looking at the pictures of what was there before. And now all of a sudden it's this dump with like construction materials everywhere, all the windows boarded up, heat pumps and extra commercial electrical things all on the outside of the house. Nothing's like painted. It looks like total garbage. It's not like what you want in your neighborhood. This is not like your friendly neighborhood pot dealer. This is like a huge criminal enterprise that's, hollowing out these main communities it's wild and why doesn't law enforcement do anything i can't believe it because it seems like there's plenty of things 
it seems like a they know that these places exist they know that the people running them in many cases are illegal immigrants they know that they're all connected together what is the fbi doing i mean like does it really they're well, really using that the, much of their the time FBI's going doing. after we January 6 people and prosecuting yes. Trump for stuff. That's all they do. Like, th- yeah. can they do something that affects people's actual quality of life? Like, for goodness sakes. Yeah, Why- well, I'll say I'll say uh, over the course of the eight weeks that I've been investigating these grow sites, I haven't seen any of them praying outside an abortion clinic. <laughs> and none of them, to my knowledge, have shown up at a school board meeting to object to genderqueer being in the, in the school libraries. In fact, none of them even have kids, which is the weirdest thing. I've, I've seen no children at any of these sites. It's all single uh, military age men who have uh, come into rural Maine to operate these illegal grow houses. Um, I mean, wouldn't you you think that would be like a priority to deport people who are here illegally, who are running illegal marijuana growth operations? Like, I'm even blown away. You said in your article that there's nothing in Maine law that prevents people from buying properties in Maine just because they're here illegally. And I'm like, wait, when I bought a house, I had to like, not only did I need a social security number and everything else to get a mortgage and do all this stuff and sign all these legal papers. How can you just like be here illegally and be buying up it's, a ton of properties? And it's got to be absolutely wild. shell companies and they're buying these up in uh, with cash. I'd have to imagine. Uh, there, there are some shell companies involved, some, you know, just like LLCs registered to who knows who. Uh, but most of these are registered under the, the, the names or purported names of Chinese foreign nationals from Brooklyn and Massachusetts. Uh, but I think the, the answer to, to some of those questions is that when you put a briefcase full of cash in someone's face, uh, yeah. suddenly things move a little quicker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been doing you know, everything I, I, wrong I, I, in my life. My goodness. <laughs> well, you, you, uh, you, you got to find a thing of cash first. That's my problem. <laughs> right. You know, I, I think you know? probably 60 to 70% of these have been cash purchases, mm-hmm. uh, but some mm-hmm. of them have involved mortgages. Um, in particular from one company in New York. And you're going to see a little bit more on the main wire later today uh, about the financial arrangements that have uh, allowed for these operations to proliferate across the state. Uh, But to your earlier point, it's a slash and burn operation. They don't don't care uh, about the houses themselves. They're Mm -hmm. here to, uh, to make money. They're here to grow pot. They don't care if they destroy the value of the house because, I mean, you know, the, the I talked with some uh, legal marijuana cultivators to try to get a sense of how much money these people could be making off of these properties. And if you took a 2,500 square foot house and you optimized it to grow marijuana, you know, you're not, you know, moving your kids into the second bedroom. You're not, you know, you don't really need a garage. You're just, everything is just growing pot. You could be making three to $5 million a year from just mm-hmm. that one house. And now imagine they've got 270 of them. Yeah. So if you've got a mortgage on the house, that's, uh, you know, uh, $2,000 a month. Yeah. Okay. You can pay that because you're making three to $5 million a year. You know, it doesn't matter. And you're not reinvesting that in the, you're not putting a new roof on, you're not, uh, you know, putting rhododendrons in your front yard. You're just right. literally growing pot out of the house, making a ton of money. And if law enforcement comes down and shuts you down, doesn't matter because you've got 269 yeah. other of these locations. Yeah. If they arrest a couple of the uh, the operators of these sites, doesn't matter because the kingpins are in Brooklyn. 
the kingpins are in Beijing, you know? Yeah. So it's a, it's a total slash between, and burn operation. Between this and, you know, having operations like where you're harvesting Uyghur organs, there's a lot of money to be made uh, with the Chinese and uh, some of the things that they do on the side. It's crazy it's that they're doing it here. In. But I'm also blown away, like, how many people, how many, you know, Chinese nationals are in the country are working for Chinese criminal organizations and or the Chinese government in some form or fashion. Because I remember even at the beginning of COVID, like when Trump was banning people from coming into the United States due to COVID and China was saying, no, no, there's no problem here. This isn't transmissible between people. There were also Chinese nationals in the United States clearing out Lowe's and Home Depot from KN95 masks and shipping them to China. We exported a huge number of N95 masks out of the United States. This is part of what contributed to our lack of having masks at the beginning of the pandemic um, for healthcare workers because Chinese nationals were shipping them out of the country. Like, it's crazy to me that we're allowing so many people to work for a foreign government in the United States and, like, no one within our government seems to care about it at all. Well, uh, if you look at the in California, right, Steve, every like six months, aren't we seeing like uh, Cal Berkeley students being tied back to the Chinese government as spies and stuff? China, a lot of their citizens here are going right back to the homeland with information and, you know, working, work, working both sides. So they've been doing this for a long, long time, as far as I know. Well, I mean, Diane Feinstein had a Chinese spy, like a proven Chinese spy on her staff for about 20 for years. Sure. Uh, Representative Eric Swalwell uh, mm-hmm. very, very Fang famously Fang. slept with Fang Fang, a Chinese spy. Uh, so we know that uh, we know that Chinese foreign nationals have infiltrated <laughs> the, the highest levels of government. And if you look at the uh, the Customs and Border Protection, have a nice data portal where they uh, report all of their encounters uh, on the southern border, on the northern border. Yeah. And a- according to uh, Border Patrol data the number of Chinese foreign nationals encountered at the Southern border was an all time high in September, the most recent month for which there's data Uh, over 7,000 Chinese foreign nationals encountered at the Southern border. And when I say encountered you, you might think, Oh, that means that border protection encountered them and arrested them and deported them back to China. But that's not how things work under the Biden administration. When you say encountered, it means that the border protection, shook their hand and welcomed them into the interior of the country so that they could go work on a pot farm in Oklahoma, Washington, or Maine. Um, The, the trend line is straight up for Chinese foreign nationals coming into the U S and that's just the ones that we know about, frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, We have no reason to believe that that's uh, even just, you know, less than half of the total uh, illegal immigration coming into this country from the People's Republic of China. And honestly, you know, I, I pray that the they're only planning to grow pot. Yeah, that's the best case scenario. Well, good luck. I mean, I don't think, and, you know, I don't know how much detail has come out yet about this other news story that was out yesterday about um, this sex trafficking operation that was also in Virginia and Boston that, you know, they say the client list has all kinds of politicians and stuff on it. You know, speaking of the Chinese, uh, well, but I mean, how many of our government officials and politicians are directly susceptible to blackmail, et cetera, from being Majority. involved in, in foreign run sex trafficking operations. I mean, more, more than, more than you'd like to, more than you'd like to think, Steve, 
I got one last, that's why they get the power. I have one last question, then I'll let you run. I know your phone's blowing up. Busy, busy man. Um, so by the Robert Card scale, where you were up at night, uh, losing sleep, you should be in witness protection by now. <laughs> I am witness not. protection. Uh, fair. Are, you, are, are you nervous at all? Nerves of steel. Let him come. I want him out of my state. <laughs> okay. I'm all, I'm all for it. Well, thanks for uh, giving us a few minutes, and I look forward to see what comes out of the story next. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Steve. See ya. One hell of a ringtone on that phone. I've never heard that before. Me either. It's a like- pleasant, pleasure little, uh, pleasant little melody right there. Well, when but- you got, when no, you got the is- Chinese government trying to find you, you better have a real chipper ringtone. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to you don't miss those. You don't want to miss those calls. Well, good for him. Um, yeah, some of the clips that I have seen are, are absolutely crazy. Just small, small things that are definitely intimidating. Where he's walking up, and there's a middle aged Chinese woman, and she's just watching every move with her phone. Like, who's that being streamed back to? Um, I do think they're slow playing them a little bit with uh, the lack of English they speak. They, for the most part, definitely they don't want to speak to him. I think that's what it is. So, good for him. Keep up the good work, Lobster Boy. Um, yeah, I had a couple more questions to ask, but I, I know he's a he's a busy man. So crazy, crazy. It's if uh, this government really cared about our borders, we would um, not be dealing with any of this. But no. as as we know, as we see every day, their priorities are all out of whack. Um, speaking about a whack, Craig's lookalike, kind of yeah. better looking Craig, uh, Gregory Yellman, um, is the. Person of interest right now in an FBI manhunt in Helmira, New Jersey. I believe Helmira is about 20 minutes out of Princeton, maybe 35 out of the state capital of Trenton. He's a 46-year-old. Like I said, if Craig had things go right for him, this is what he looked like. Um, I look much so better think, Much better than that. No way. Absolutely. No shot. Absolutely. No sh- okay. Keep telling yourself that. I appreciate <laughs> the uh, confidence. Alice is not in agreement with me. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not wearing him to neutral. Uh, that, that, that's how I'm interpreting that. Um, so you would think, all right, why is the FBI using their manpower like with dogs and helicopters? It's not cheap. Did this guy, is he a mass shooter? You know, Does he have an illegal he, marijuana growing operation? Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. What, what's this guy up to? From what I've seen, no, this is just in uh, correlation to January 6th, the, you know, the worst day since 9-11, the day where our government was almost overthrown by selfie sticks and grandmothers and MAGA hats. Mm-hmm. So this is what this is all about. And I got news for you. If you're this guy and you've seen what's happened to Viking man and all these other people who are being imprisoned with mm-hmm. no, you know, with no idea what's going to happen to them, I'd be on the run too. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now I did see that this guy may have pepper sprayed cops, which I'm kind of a law and order person and not for pepper spraying cops. So I don't necessarily endorse, but I also completely agree that this and every other January 6th case has been blown so out of proportion like so arrest the guy right there I don't know I mean there's a there's a couple January 6ers that should be in jail like the people stealing mail from Pelosi's office that's that's fair but I mean yeah I have no problem as long as it's proportionate but it's never proportionate you know what I'm saying like yeah if we had law and order you wouldn't be scared about this because he would get you know slap on the wrist six months but this guy could be locked up for life and half America would be applauding it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. We have everybody. Never get justice. Normally we throw people in jail, like in the United States, apparently for even like arresting people too roughly. So, I mean, like if you look at the George Floyd thing or anything else. So, I mean, the idea that now all of a sudden pepper spraying a cop is something he's probably going to go away for years now. This dude. 
to be honest. Well, now he's unfortunately he's made it worse. Now yeah, they will going yeah, on the run. Pile on a whole a whole bunch uh, more on him. Like, Matt, speaking of Steve, imagine I just look outside and I see this guy look, Craig look alike trying to get in here. Yeah, I, I'm not, God, I'd be I'd be putting a bad. But fundamentally, you'd be, be so wrong. turned on. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be like, do I call that? I don't know what to do. Um, but yeah, no. Obviously, this guy is way less of a public safety threat than any of these people in the houses that you know Steve Robinson was just checking out in Maine. So yeah, I mean, imagine going up to that house with any of those people, but they can expend all these resources going after this guy. Which yeah, it's to make an example of him. It's to make sure that you know Republicans never have another protest again. Do you think they're going to do any of this stuff for like the pro-Palestinian protesters who are beating people up in California last night or? whatever no they're not going to go after any of those people they're not going to go after the guy we talked about on tuesday who killed somebody at the palestinian protest like they're not going to do that the this january 6th guy with his pepper spray is going to get more time i will bet you money i'm not even Mm -hmm. a gambling person and i'll bet you money that he's going to get more time actually locked up than the guy who killed somebody with his megaphone at the palestine protest by the way, in federal prison, where that guy in oh, California yeah. is probably going to go into county for a year and a half and get released on good, you know, good. Um, yeah, good they're already saying, oh, he's so. cooperated with the police. He's been so helpful, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah, sure. Helpful. Okay. Yeah. Helpful. He just goes around killing people because they're Jewish. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Most, <laughs> mostly, mostly peaceful killing. Let's get let's be honest here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mostly peaceful killing. Think of all killing, the Jewish yeah. people that they didn't kill, you know. It's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy world, but we got a lot of uh, things to get into the RNC debate. But first, Craig, you want to get into uh, our buddy Lindell, who's been right over and over again about the uh, elections and a whole bunch of things. Excuse me. Today's Callahan Show is sponsored by MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com, use code word Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, for huge discounts. For example, the standard MyPillow, normally $69.98, is only $19.98 with code word Jerry. MyPillow's made in the USA, comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you'll ever sleep on. It makes a great gift. Get it now to support this show and strike back against cancel culture. As you know, Mike Lindell is constantly under attack from the cancel culture mob. By purchasing from MyPillow, not only are you helping us out, but you're joining the fight against cancel culture. MyPillow, as you know, not available in big box stores but you can get factory direct pricing if you order from MyPillow.com using code word Jerry. MyPillow.com, code word Jerry, 800-893-7406, promo code Jerry. I'll be honest, I didn't see a single second live on TV. I was watching basketball. I was watching a little little action last night in college football, but I got all the clips I needed to see. and It wasn't exactly how I thought it would from what I saw the RNC debate. Did you guys catch any of it live? Not live. I did not watch it live, no. I mean, did anybody it, watch it live in America? Do we no. know what the ratings were? Yeah. I don't think a lot of people were super plugged into this. Unless you make your living doing this, like by commenting on it on Twitter, then I don't know who was watching it. It's so boring. Like Jerry right now is screaming and making no noise. Saying, I watched it. I watched it. Jerry definitely. Jerry is one of the 12 people last night watching. I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. No, is he, he still holding on to DeSantis? Yes. He yeah. said, he tweeted out oh that this maniac. He tweeted out that DeSantis won on substance, but Vivek won in performance. So before we get into it, uh, I need a clip. Can we pull up the uh, whatever? Can we pull up the Patrick Bet David poll that he put out last night? That last I saw had over two hundred thousand votes on who won the 
uh, debate. Yep, Vivek in a, a route. <laughs> An absolute yeah, route. what does it say? Uh, <laughs> I saw 83%. DeSantis, yeah. I can't see because it's super small. Last I saw, DeSantis was around 12. Uh, third place was Nikki Haley, not sure how. Um, and Tim Scott, who I like. He's, um, he, but he's just, it's voted on by Republicans and he's a black guy. So that's how it goes. Yeah. Oh no. He doesn't have that much charisma. He's just, he's kind of a the, dud. The racist um, Republicans. Like a, it's funny though, like because nice I saw guy, CNN analysis and they did like the speaking time analysis. And apparently according to their timers, Tim Scott had the most speaking time of anybody at that debate, which seems incredible to me because Nobody remembers the thing he said at the debate. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't felt, remember a thing either. But uh, yeah, I mean, the internet black. loves Vivek. What are you going to do? He's not going to. Nobody's going to vote for him because they're all voting for Trump, and you only get one vote. But you know, yeah. and we we said this earlier, and it was kind of. I agree with the, the comparison that was made, but he is just doing the dirty work. Trump doesn't have to show up. Trump can go to Helmira, not Helmira, to Hialeah, uh, Florida, and do his things, which look a lot more fun, by the way. And he just has Vivek doing his dirty work. Yeah. He's his mouthpiece, whether it's intentional or not. I think everything's intentional here. Um, he's setting himself up to be a force to be reckoned with once Trump either retires and is no longer with us or maybe be his VP. But um, yeah, you're not going to find something else in the administration. I don't I don't know that something. he'll get like the VP nod, but he could totally get some other job in the administration, you know, because. Trump doesn't have that many like Washington type people on his team. And he's like, he went through a lot of people in his first term who aren't going to work for him anymore. So it's like, there's going to be a lot of open positions in the Trump administration. He'll, he'll replace, around, he'll replace uh, Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> I know who oh Congress just voted to reduce his salary to a dollar. Did you see that? I did see that. Yeah, I saw, I saw not that. not going to go through the Senate, but you know. Yeah, I like, little, I little, like pet, it. little petty, little petty stuff. Like I, like I mean, it. they do so much petty stuff, so you might as well counteract. Before we get into the serious clips, can we just play what I thought was incredibly cringe, but yes, kind of just shows why just, this can't be the guy. I was just going to say, are we talking? Are we talking um, their favorite the foods? Food. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What's your free today meal? Enchiladas. Enchiladas. Usually has French fries in it. If I had my choice, I'd have a McDonald's, Big Macs, and French fries, but I typically have salmon and some asparagus. Pre-debate, you don't want to do anything to upset the apple cart. And after the debate, are you ravenous? Are you, like, digging into a burger, or what are you doing after the debate? We'll let her rip. If I'm picking the restaurant (laughs) after the debate, um, I... That's bad. Your go-to debate pump-up song. Gosh. You know, it's probably an old-school cameo burn rubber. Yeah. So for the first debate, my song was Under Pressure by Queen. My second debate, it was Joan Jett's I Love Rock and Roll. I used to listen to Usher. Um, uh, I love Chris Christie. Um, but that seems to have gotten now. My kids make fun of me for that, so I don't listen to Usher anymore. My default is always to listen to Bruce, but I need something a little bit different, and I think Bruce will understand. <laughs> I think he looks better with the gray hair. Definitely. Gray a little bit. Definitely. And he always looks better if you keep him uh, a photo from belly up. Once you get the fupa involved, you can't oh, take anything he do, says serious. Do I still have my? I don't. I used to. <laughs> I used to have on my desktop just ready at a moment's notice. Him playing softball in a lawn chair. No, no, no. Oh, him. the softball one. The yeah. softball one's good too. Yeah, this Tim Scott. His answer is kind of a little corny. Nikki Haley, forget about it. Chris Christie, I, I hate him. So I'm everything that I see by him, I'm not gonna like. 
what DeSantis, nothing is organic. Nothing flows normal. He's such a cornball. He's such a cornball. What do you, what, what do you eat? That's at, what yeah. he's naturally like. Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you eat after? Personality. What, what do you eat after Ron? Uh, I go, I get after it. Okay. What, what does that entail? You know, I just go nuts. Yeah, he, Let her rip. It's not a food. <laughs> Let it rip. He's such a, and you know who would also answer like a psychopath would be funny. Would be Trump. Well, he would pick, he would, he would do the McDonald's order too, probably. But he Yo, would really get sure. it. He's not going to like Tim Scott. Yeah, he's like, not well, BSing. I want he's McDonald's, not- but I'm going to have asparagus instead. Yeah. That, that reminds yeah. me like when, uh, when Clemson won the uh, national title in football, the uh, White House staff was on strike, whatever. So he invited them. Look at that picture. He invited the football team and uh, obviously <laughs> they couldn't, they couldn't cook for the football team. So he got like a thousand, thousands of dollars worth of McDonald's. And yeah. how did the, uh, do you remember how the media covered that story? I don't remember how the coverage. Like, oh, was. he's giving a bunch of he's giving a bunch of fast food to young black men. Look how racist he is. It's like first yeah. off, that's ridiculous. Second off, do you know what Trump eats? Do this you know? is like yeah. Trump being like you know flattering to them. This is what the orange man eats. There's nothing better yeah. than McDonald's anyway. So let's just get real. Yeah, no, yeah. I I, I agree. American uh, company. I had a Big Mac yesterday. It was great. There you go. Tim Scott should have just you know had what he really wanted in life, and and then you have Nikki Haley who has clearly oh. like run. She has a prepared answer to what is your pre and post debate meal that's been like poll tested. They've checked in with people. They're like French fries. Everyone loves French fries. You love French fries. You know what? I love rock and roll. That's perfect. Joan Jett, like women, you got to do that. Queen. These are the songs people like. They've checked in with her answers. And that's like, that's why politics is terrible is because somebody like Nikki Haley has a prepared answer for those questions. You should have that. That was her. That was her. Get me a. What get me a beer moment like Elizabeth Warren? Just I like know. oh, that'd be real relatable. Americans drink beer, right? Like we should have. Um, I should. I should see if we can get Ken Art on next week. Who is uh, her lieutenant governor? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he. I want. I want to. I want to know what she's really like. But we. I work with him, so I can probably get him on next week if we want to deep dive into Nikki Haley. I don't think he'd be. I mean, I want to like her, but like the lines about the high heels and stuff, I can't. And I saw that she tweeted that last night, and I was like, "Oh no, what happened with high heels?" She did not say something like that. Oh yeah, you want to play? I think this is probably my favorite Vivek. Eh, This might be number two, but can we play the uh, clip related to the heels, where he has a very subtle zinger at uh, the sanctimonious? That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first, or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. In which case, we've got two of them on stage tonight. Thank you. <laughs> We've got two of them, exactly. So what Nikki Haley then tweeted after that, she goes, Vivek, I wear heels. They're not for a fashion statement. They're for ammunition. Can you, can you as a... <laughs> this not even me. I was going to say... Can you as a woman tell us what that means? I, I guess not. So. Yeah, no, no, no. Go ahead. Try, try. Go. <laughs> I'm not aware of any assault weapon that shoots high heels at this point in time. Like, she, it's not. She a has thing. like five, five, six rounds in the heel, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Like, lost, yes, they're for ammunition. Now. I mean, so you're saying it from like a storage perspective. I mean, I think it's trying to get back to like the thing that she was doing at the beginning of the campaign where she was like, that was her one liner from her ad where it was like yeah you know when we get kicked we kick back in heels and yeah like like the boss babe it's so bad it's so bad it makes me like wish she wasn't a republican (laughs) yeah she's she's absolutely cringe um the the next (laughs) clip that i that i loved and i think was spot on and can you do the party of losers clip 
Oh, well, I should. Well, I could watch DeSantis look cringe <laughs> for the next five minutes, but I want to know if Jer- if Jerry's watching. Is he just look at this guy? <laughs> yeah, so I think he's, he's been coached up a lot, DeSantis, for this debate. Like they definitely got him to get some of the that he has that thing where his voice gets kind of high pitched when he's talking let's, and they definitely had him tone down the voice a little bit. So he sounds less goofy and they told him like not to smile and stuff. He was very serious in this one going after Trump, you know, trying to do the like deep voice seriously. I, I don't think it's great. So we'll play, we'll play no, that it's, clip. It's we'll not, play that clip of him being coached up first since we're talking yeah. about it here. And we're assuming be the Republican assuming. nominee. So it's like dark DeSantis. Joe Biden a year yeah. from now. Looks like this he's looking into the sun. Trouble. And the elites that have put <laughs> us here, they don't care about you. They don't care that you're having to grapple with higher grocery prices or have higher gas prices. They don't care that your family's less secure Ron because DeSantis. of the open border that's allowed drugs and All even state. terrorists to come into this country. Well, I care. I am not going to sit idly by and let this country continue its downward spiral. We need leadership and we need it now. I'll take the hits. I'll take the arrows. I'll take the slings because ultimately oh. it's not about me. It's about so cringe, you. Man. I will fight for you. I will make sure to lead this country's revival, and I will win for you and your family. Actions speak louder than words. We don't have time for excuses, and it's not something that we're going to be able to have all these distractions. As a I, hit, I, hit, I, hit, since I can't, I can't listen to this guy anymore. That yeah. line with the slings and the arrows—you know, he's just standing there naked in his shower with a bar of soap in his hand. Practicing that one till the water but goes dude, cold. If he if that he just so can that's so rehearsed. If he just was like Nikki Haley, what a pig! Like he would have won everyone over. I love him on substance. I'm with Jerry on this one, where I would much prefer to have DeSantis be president than Trump at the end of the day. But so much of politics is just a coolness contest, and he's like so impossibly uncool. Mm-hmm. It it he can't do this on the national stage it's unfortunate i wish it weren't that way life's not fair it, i mean he's better at the substance of the stuff but it, you know the the voters want trump to make them laugh and call people names watch and, watch the santas come out next week with a huge orange spray tan trump though look what happened to marco rubio like the second they start trying to be trump it looks even worse than if they just try and be themselves it, you can't win you can't win they can't they can't be I trump can't. No, no one, one can and well, for the most part uh we are the party of losers this was my favorite vivek clip um, it's more accurate and spot on than it is funny, but uh, let's hear it. The former president. I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here, and I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We have a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there are cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. 
And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Christian, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you and the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Ross. Sorry. <laughs> this is how we get our country back. Look at that smile. She knows. We need accountability. She knows that he's spot on. He's right. And I, yeah, it's true. The people that are making these small decisions, these very small things, because as a whole, the American people are, are not the brightest. So not, these people aren't relatable. We're, we're now a nation of clips, attention-grabbing clips. If, I'll mm-hmm. tell you right now, Elon Musk would participate. Joe Rogan would probably participate. But Lord knows Tucker Carlson would do it. Why are we oh, yeah. having these debates being hosted by the enemy of the people, which is the, the, the fake, fake news? Okay, he's, he's so spot on. Small decisions like that just take away any credibility that you're going to have from these debates. And they didn't really touch on too many of the, the big issues. Like, it's just more cookie cutter, you know, safe. Uh, uh, he's spot on. And we do need to change from the very top of the Republican strategy. He's spot on. What do you guys think, uh, think from that? Yeah, although Rana McDaniel is Trump's pick to run the RNC. And if she wasn't endorsed by Trump, she wouldn't be running the party right now. So well, as we know, he's not the, uh, the he's not the best kingmaker. He hires the best people. <laughs> well, he hires good looking lawyers. He's got that. Down. <laughs> he's he's good there. But some of his other hires have been uh, have been pretty underwhelming. What do you think about his um the SCOTUS picks he has overall? Now that we've had some time. Oh, I love them. them. That's great. Yeah. I love his Supreme Court picks. That makes me so happy. And you know, too, and Kavanaugh is not even my favorite Supreme Court pick of his, but, you know, he's a reliable conservative. He's a standard, normal conservative. But, you know, nobody else, Mitt Romney, anybody else would have been scared off by what they did to Kavanaugh, would have dropped him, oh, would have yeah. not put him on the court, would have caved, you know what, there's too many questions, and Trump just stood by him, which is, you know, and that's like, that's the strength of Trump, is Trump doesn't care. You know, no. he he might not always make the choices that I would make, but you know, like once he digs in and picks Kavanaugh, he doesn't care what gets thrown at him, he's yeah. keeping Kavanaugh in there just to stick it, like, which that's that's the great thing about Trump, because we would yeah. not have well, that it's court. A good, it's a good, we would not it's have good that court. We would not have that court if it weren't for Trump. And that's going to be there with us for a long time because those people are young, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh and Barrett, right? So that's going to be gun rights. That's going to be a lot of these things that are important to conservatives in the longer term. So hopefully we can hang on to the presidency for another term and not have the courts completely packed with psychopaths. But uh, that's, you know, one of the things that I fear happening because the the court system being against conservatives would be generational decline. Oh, a- absolutely. I'm surprised they haven't um, packed the Supreme Court yet. We, we went from... It's all talk. Uh, yeah, well, we went from 12, 10 years ago, Democrats saying, oh, that's conspiracy. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to scare you into that. We would never do that to, you know, we got to listen to it to some some politicians saying, yeah, it's, it's time to, to do that. So it's good that they haven't, you know, so they're not fully corrupt, although... As we saw some local elections, you know, some machines had to be shut down because the the votes accidentally were switching. Mm-hmm. Well, but safe, safe and fair, right? We don't want to get this taken off all the platforms. So elections are safe and fair. Vaccine does work. We should uh, get your booster, Craig. Play mm-hmm. the Pfizer ad right here, please. Um, oh, Jerry did get vaccinated for this one. But the last thing that I want to <laughs> Johnson, go over real quick, you got Johnson do, and Johnson. We want to do, we want, okay, sorry, we want to do forty forty five minutes. 
Um, really quick, this is kind of the first of I've seen of this sort where a lot of these wackos that go in for the climate or stop oil, they go in, they bang, you know, paint things with hammers. Um, nothing really happens to these people. Well, climate change Yahoo got blasted. So if hit, hit play, this is the first I've seen of it. Insane. So I don't advocate for killing, but I also don't advocate for blocking roads so, and so the way people from getting well, home. And the way to look at this is, mm-hmm. I don't advocate killing someone. But how I'm stunned it took this long for something like this to happen. Oh yeah, we've been long They're, overdue. They've been setting up to have this happen, and this is what you get when this the actual governments and judicial systems allow people to with impunity Mm -hmm. block roads and all these things and don't run a functioning society. You know, you're setting these protesters up to get killed. I mean, it's just, I don't know what's wrong with young people. Like if they've never gotten a real fight or what in their lives that they think that it's fine. And this guy had the gun out and was, you know, they kept a, I think two of them approached him and tried to stop him from taking down the barricades in the road, the stuff that they had used to block the road. And, you know, like you don't go up to the guy with the gun and confront him. What are you thinking? He's well, you can. A, he's probably a crazy <laughs> person, but you, yeah, yeah. you're going to get well, shot. And there's well. been too long where they've had no consequences for doing any of this stuff that they think like, I mean, obviously, this guy's not allowed to shoot them. It's illegal. He's going to be in big trouble, clearly, as he should be. You're not just allowed to shoot people. But this is what happens when the government doesn't protect society and, like, allow people to use the roads and everything and won't just move the protesters. And they think that, like, the law is this magic shield that protects them from ever having consequences. Well, you know, sometimes if the government's not going to step up and do its job and have a functioning people society will. there are going to be vigilantes and other people who take things into their own hands this is just part of the chaos that we get when the government won't enforce the norms of a society if they allow the lunatics to run the asylum then we're going to have these types of things happening it's sad honestly it's sad yeah but if there is any good takeaways next time that some wacko wants to you know save the earth by you know, blocking traffic or, you know, breaking a statue or whatever they do, have right. that thought in the back of your mind. Because yeah. until now, there's been pretty much no consequences. You won't really get arrested. You don't right. care about getting videotaped. You kind of, you kind of want to get videotaped because you, you're so mentally broken that you think what you're doing is just and, mm-hmm. and you know, is a good thing. But if you have that little down yet, all right, I might, I might get blasted if I do this. Maybe, maybe I'll block traffic next week. We'll, we'll keep things uh, going right now. Right. So wild clip. You're right, Craig. I've never seen anything that brazen where it just happens like that. Broad daylight. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when you're, when you're going to mess up like uh, century old paintings, you don't have to really worry about getting shot, but blocking people on their way to work is not smart. No, that would be wild. That actually happened like uh, in a museum. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so upset about the Van Gogh painting getting uh, brutalized that they just blasted him right there. I'd be okay with that too. But um, that's pretty much all I have today. We hit our little 45 minute mark. So uh, thank you everybody for joining. Hopefully Jerry is back next week. But if not, uh, maybe we'll get a couple more shows up. Uh, and everybody have a good weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time?
Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.